0: Hello, Insiders, and a very pleasant good afternoon to you, wherever you may be. This is your host, Bruce Ash, and co-host... Ed Wilkinson. Coming to you live from the luxurious Essential Pest Control Studios, located in the KVOI Broadcast Complex here in Tucson, Arizona, welcoming you to a special Fiesta de los Vaqueros weekend edition of Inside Track. Producer Tom also runs us running the board and taking your calls. We invite your questions or comments for our guests at 520-790-2040, which are relevant to the topic. Eb?
1: Hey, uh, by the way, the tickets for uh, the rodeo for Saturday sold out. Com- oh, hang on, I don't know what that was. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> the tickets for the rodeo sold out uh, for today. Tomorrow they're not. Bruce and I want to remind you to please support our great sponsors. We've got Tucson Iron and Metal Retail, 520-209-1576. Jamie has loads of great steel products at a low price for your home, office, or ranch. Low, low prices. And Bruce, how's your ranch going? Great. They drop by the yard Monday through Friday, Saturdays 8 to 1. Corazon Cabinets, 488-2266. Call Joy or Alley to design luxurious cabinets for your kitchen, bath, or wherever I put mine in my laundry room. Uh, <laughs> great prices you will love in their new Dream Center. And essential pest control. Call Eric at 886 3029 Bruce has essential pre- hit, uh, pre-treat to prevent weeds in his yard. Tammy had it in hers. Of course, it's too late for me. And with all the rain we've had in the month, uh, Bruce reports zero weeds
0: thanks to Eric Rudin's great team. Also supporting Inside Track is my co-host, the aforementioned Eb Wilkinson from Wilkinson Wealth Management. Eb is dedicated to help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call for Ebb at 520 777 1911. Did I tell you that Ebb is running for the National NRA Board? We'll be talking about that later in the show. Ebb and I support all of our great locally owned family-run businesses who support our show. So should you.
1: And after this news rundown, Bruce and I will be speaking to Law University of Pennsylvania lawyer Amy Wax to find out why she's under attack by her school facility and administration.
0: Before we get to Professor Wax, the news rundown for today. Twice proven racist Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs vetoed a Republican bill that would have eliminated the state residential sales tax this week, which will cost some of the poorest Arizona renters extra tens of millions of dollars every year, all because she does not want to give any credit to the Republican majority legislature. Oh, yeah, and by the way... um, a second Hobbs pick for a key cabinet position within her administration was pulled after Jake Hoffman's committee uncovered a spate of un—excuse con- me—of controversial firings at Department of Children's Services.
1: Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman entered Walter Reed Hospital this week and is being treated for depression. His return to the Senate is unknown, and so are the whereabouts of his wife, Giselle. Giselle. Evita Peron. <laughs> yeah. And the kids who have deserted him and escaped to Canada, oh Canada! And of course, here's my favorite, Bruce, 1970s black militant terrorist Angela Davis got a surprise from PBS host Louis Gates on his show Finding Your Roots that she is descended from white slave owners who came from America or came to America on the Mayflower. He, uh, her reply is, "No, I cannot believe this. My ancestors did not arrive on the Mayflower." wonder how she feels about reparations now Aww. and guess what angela you can join the mayflower society <laughs> won't that be
0: great she's the white face of black supremacy <laughs> yes she, black face of white supremacy oh sorry about that okay Go that up <laughs> stick stick to the script bruce incoming white house comms director ben LeBoy deleted dozens of tweets days before his new role was publicized. Ben LeBold isn't the first Biden official to scrub his Twitter account and will never know what they texted. Front Page Magazine reports foreign election money is pouring into West Virginia by George Soros and Swift-Lestis, Swiss leftist. <laughs> There's like four words that are hard to say all at the same time. Swiss leftist hans George Wiss and other leftists trying to influence our elections. You have to wonder, why the heck is this legal?
1: No clue. And finally, Pothole Pete finally showed up in East Palestine, Ohio this week to visit the disaster site at the crack of dawn, wearing a safety vest, hard hat, and safety goggles can you say pete geek. Remi- reminds me of that who, who is that uh, presidential campaign uh michael Dukakis. michael Dukakis with, with in, the, the in the tank
0: Tank with the oh my on. god
1: that's truly a geek but pete you're closing in fast uh the normally talkative department of transportation secretary never spoke to local residents during this hurried visit and his press secretary refused questions from the press until reporters
0: turned off their phone video.
1: Oh, brother.
0: A report this week showed IRS using racial, equ- racial equity for audits targeting white and Asian taxpayers. A FOIA request is seeking documents on Biden's equity plan and potential discrimination by the IRS against certain taxpayers. What won't Biden and his Confederates do to stoke bad will in America? Incredibly reckless action
1: by leftists in California Assembly. California Democrats sponsoring a bill that would ban police dogs from arrests and crowd control, citing racial trauma. Meanwhile, crime is going up like crazy. Exactly. Seattle, those guys are screwed. San Francisco, those guys are screwed. Jen Psaki, once the voice of Biden, moves to a MSNBC anchor chair, fellow disinformation empress, Rachel Maddow teaching her how to use the teleprompter, and Mika Brzezinski lecturing her on pinning down guests.
0: The worm is turning. Finally in the news, before we get to Charles Heller, Don Lemon expected back on the air soon after completing CNN sensitivity training at their gulag to become a kinder and more gentler morning host this concludes ours news you can use and our views uh before we go to break i think we have a quick call from charles heller charles heller please proceed
2: you know i think you guys missed it on the uh on angela davis getting schooled by skip gates you realize that by her having by the reveal that her ancestors arrived on the mayflower do you know what that now makes her
0: Tell us, Charles.
2: I'm waiting. The new the new Mayflower Madam.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. <laughs> Mayflower <I> Madam. <laughs> Angela. Mr. Producer, let's go to our first break. Uh, you're listening to Inside Track on KVY, trusted local news and talk. When we return, we'll speak with Penn Law Professor Amy Wax about the kerfuffle in Philadelphia being created by the law school dean and faculty on free speech no station flipping. We'll be right back. I'm proud to welcome my good friends at Tucson Iron and Metal Retail to Inside Track as an advertiser. Jamie Kipper and her staff are conservation experts. They sell round and square steel tubing, metal plate and roofing materials, as well as new and used steel, aluminum, and stainless steel to ranchers, artists, Interior designers, roofers, and do-it-yourselfers, just like all the listeners here. Tucson Iron and Metal Retail is open Monday through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. And Saturdays, 8 a.m. to noon. Tucson Iron and Steel Retail, 701 East 36th Street. Call 520-209-1576 or go to tucsonironretail.com. And when you do call, mention this ad and receive an additional 10% discount on their already great prices.
3: Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science.
4: You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential pest control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886 3029 or visit essentialpest.com.
1: This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. Are you letting rising inflation interfere with your ammo budget? Don't do that. Let us show you how to buy the same goods and services 20 years from now as you can today. We manage money for gun owners and we can guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911 or wilkinsonwealthmgmt.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. We invite you to call in to the uh, live line 520 790 2040 during today's chat and let producer Tom know if you have a relevant question for our guest, Penn Law Professor Amy Wax. Professor Wax will be speaking to a group in Tucson this week on March 2nd for the Center for American Culture and Ideas. The first presentation in their new series, the Cultured Mind Forum. Wokeness is a Bad Education, will be presented by Professor Wax, the Robert Monheim School uh, Professor of Law at University of Pennsylvania Law School. This free event will be presented both in person and live on Zoom simulcast, March 2nd at 5 p.m. Arizona time at the Hacienda del Sol Guest Ranch in Tucson, Arizona. Both live and simulcast reservations are limited. Get your tickets now online by going online to the Cultured Mind Forum.
0: You'll be directed to a link to order your tickets. Tickets are free. Our special guest today, as Eb just uh, announced, is law professor Amy Wax. She has a very interesting and varied career with an MD in medicine from Harvard as well as a law degree from Columbia. She's practiced medicine in some of our greatest hospitals, Clerk for noted jurist Abner Mikva. Dr. Wax has uh, practiced in some of our greatest uh, hospitals, and she's been an assistant to the U.S. Solicitor General. Amy has written dozens of scholarly papers and articles, been a member of the law faculty at the University of Virginia, and now at Penn, while receiving numerous honors all through her career, wherever she has been. But she now finds herself under attack by faculty administrators at Penn for her views, which they appear to disagree with. Welcome to Inside Track, uh, Professor Wax.
3: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Should I conclude uh, that in the past you were able to speak your mind without controversy and possible cancellation? So why are you under attack today by some of the same people plus others who supported your accomplishments? I mean, all these honors have come from your colleagues uh, in the past. Why, Why the different sort of attitude by them?
3: Well, I'm always asked, is it you who has changed, or is it the world that has changed, and specifically the world of received opinion and academia? And I say absolutely the latter. I haven't changed my views or my attitudes at all. Uh, I mean, I've modified them somewhat based on the evidence, but my fundamental insights and commitments are the same. So what we've seen really in the past eight to ten years especially Uh, is a real sea change, dramatic, uh, in the tenor uh, and the profile of public opinion and the ferocity and intolerance with which it is enforced. This sometimes goes under the banner of wokeness. Uh, That's a perfectly good little nickname for it. Uh, It's a set of precepts that brooks no dissent and no deviation Uh, and I deviate from it I dissent from it and so uh, the movement is on to punish me for uh, for that Hmm.
0: professor talk about the demands contained in a 12-page letter and I I must tell you what they did in a 12-page letter could probably have been better said in a one-page letter Uh, but this (laughs) letter was sent to the chair of the faculty Senate at Penn um, uh, professors are supposed to enjoy protections I thought for free speech but your colleagues write I quote although imposing sanctions on a faculty member of the University of Pennsylvania is a rare event Wax's continuous violations of university standards the increasing negative impact her conduct has had on students faculty and staff and her flagrant disdain and disregard of university policies and procedures indeed its core mission constitutes a major infraction of university standards under the faculty handbook. So now the faculty handbook doesn't allow professors to speak their mind anymore. You have to go along with the crowd. For such a well-regarded law professor, how do you receive these criticisms?
3: Well, that's just a lot of vague highfalutin rhetoric, isn't it?
0: It sounds like a word salad of regret to me.
3: It is a total woke-a-babble-word salad. I, they don't tell us what behavioral violations I'm guilty of, what standards they're talking about, the ways in which I violated them, You know what they're referring to. Well, obviously we have this 12-page letter in which they quote various little fragments of remarks that I've made in podcasts or outside the classroom overwhelmingly just uh, in my public appearances, in my academic appearances, wrenching them out of context, completely distorting them, distorting their meaning. Uh, I mean, that shouldn't be relevant because every one of them, uh, I have the right to say, they really just boil down to remarks and opinions and observations that people don't agree with and people don't like. And, of course, who are we talking about? We're talking about the far left progressives that have a lock on academia and the sensitive, delicate, fragile creatures known as students who have decided that it is deeply traumatizing to hear anything that upsets them or that they disagree with. And now we have an administration that caters to that. This is entirely new. This is a revolution. In the way that academia is conducted?
0: Um, it, it, it seems to me, and it, my, my co host, Ed Wilkinson, has a couple of questions for you that we'll get to in just a moment. Sure. But it seems to me, and I see it here at the University of Arizona, not as much as our sister school up in Phoenix at ASU, uh, it seems, but it seems as though th- this thing, this safety thing for students, they're not supposed to hear things that, that might be different is it really safety or is it is it self-defense for the left because they, they want to squelch any sort of uh, different opinion?
3: Well, right. So the essence of wokeness is that certain axioms and commitments have to be accepted with no debate. No one can challenge them. And, you know, we could list some of those commitments that cannot be challenged, but at the very core of those commitments in their essence, they have to do with race and racial guilt, right? If I could summarize uh, the woke catechism, it would be all, the whole world is divided into oppressor groups and oppressed groups, right? Victims and persecutors, so that's that's sort of the, the framework and the start. And any outcome differences among oppressors and privileged groups Those differences can only be explained by racism, by oppression, by the group on top. No other explanation is allowed. Well, what does that mean? That means that anybody who suggests that there might be another set of explanations or reasons why the world is the way it is, uh, has to be silenced, has to be punished.
1: So much for the world being flat
3: right uh, the world being flat is not currently part of wokeism, but if it were everybody would have to bow down to it exactly
1: my point Amy uh, this is Ed Wilkinson listen I looked at your bio Um, you're obviously brilliant Harvard Med uh, became a doctor not just any doctor but you became a neurologist which takes a lot of work i gotta tell you i do not want some common core woke neurologist working on me if something goes bad i want somebody who actually has the ability to look at different things and, and question Think outside things. the box maybe. exactly exactly but with this woke culture you can't and you're going to talk about why wokeness is bad in education this week at Hacienda del sol uh... by the way which is a great place uh... for the cultured mind forum you're being attacked by the woke educational leaders at penn what is the current state of free speech at penn and moreover what is your professional or your personal view regarding the overall condition of academic freedom at penn and other universities in america
3: well, of course, universities still pay lip service to free speech and academic free expression and openness to different ideas and diversity of ideas. This is just completely fake, right? Completely bogus because the diversity, inclusion, and equity code, which they have now adopted really almost universally, is antithetically contrary to any notion of free expression and free speech. It involves a commitment which everyone must have to diversity as the highest value, more important than the meritocracy, more important than excellence, than maintaining standards, than preserving, protecting and defending the knowledge that has been built up in our system from the past, the traditions and the achievements of the past. All of that has to be swept away in the service of quote-unquote diversity, which means mostly underperforming groups have to be equally or more than equally represented, and nobody can oppose that. We have inclusion, which means that all groups have to be praised uh, in the same manner, regardless of their achievements and accomplishments. So we have to lie about The obvious differences that exist in how much each group has achieved. And finally, there's equity, which means all outcomes have to be equal, right, for oppressed groups, uh, so-called privileged groups, men, women, different categories of sexuality. And that has to be brought about by hook or by crook. Now, what does that mean in practice? That means the demolition of the meritocracy. That means double standards, triple standards. And you said you don't want to be taken care of by a neurologist uh, who is not properly qualified. Well, that's what's coming, because there is a wholesale full frontal assault on the prior indicia of qualifications. Those are whiteness. Those need to be defeated. Those are the hallmarks of privilege. Those are the instruments of oppression. They have to go. This is all part of the ideology that has taken over the university. So we see the demolition of uh, everything that has made our society great and the university as the engine of that greatness on the one hand. And on the other hand, we have a commitment in fact right, to silencing people who challenge that Regardless of all the rhetoric about free speech and commitments to free speech, of course, one of the tenets of wokeness is that, you know, there's no commitment, no need for internal consistency, logic, rigor. People can contradict each other or themselves all over the place because the notion of consistency and logic, I mean, we have to get rid of that stuff, right? Right. That stuff has to go out the window. So no embarrassment that, you know, people aren't making any sense or lying left and right about what they're really doing. So that's something else that's going on. And of course, I've been caught in that web uh, at Penn. I have been persecuted for my opinions and my speech. And I am told that somehow I've violated the rules of the university, that my conduct is unacceptable. I have no idea what they're talking about or where these rules come from. They just made them up.
1: Well, this is how you know you're doing well. Hey, we've got a caller, Len. <laughs> Len, go ahead.
2: Hi, uh, this is just a comment. I was uh, you know, delighted to hear your remarks Eb, concerning uh, the Common Core curriculum, and I could not agree with you more. And I actually used the same argument you used when it came up in that if I have a, uh, a medical or a professional problem that I'm wrestling with, I certainly don't want to have somebody that was just a C student or a D student. I want somebody who strive for excellence all the time. And those are the people that we've entrusted our universities to. Now, where the wrinkle is, is the American public has kind of forgotten to attend things like PTA meetings and school board meetings. This is where it starts, and this is why the professor is encountering the behavior that she currently is, is because this never got checked. I cannot tell you how many school board meetings I've walked into and in reading the temperature of the room, there was quite a chill, but by the end of the night everybody was applauding and saying, you know, I was thinking that same thing. I said, Well, guess what? God gave you two lips just like he gave mine, gave me mine. Next time you come to this meeting, use them. Because otherwise I just look like a squeaky wheel and they go, You know, you're right. That's all I want to say. Thank you, Lynn.
1: Um Professor
2: Well, Wex. let
3: me just comment on yeah, that. I, I think K-12 through 12 education, of course, feeds into the university system, and that's where the trouble starts. But actually, that's not really where the trouble starts, because the trouble starts in ed schools, education schools. That's where our teachers are being trained, and they fall for all this social justice ideology, hook, line, and sinker. They go out into our education system, they are hired as teachers and they bring this stuff into the classroom. And now is there is more and more evidence now that our young children, our young people are being exposed to this ideology, right, of oppression, of victim and victimizer, of our society being pervasively racist and irredeemably so, and how everything uh everything can be explained as injustice stemming from our inherent racism as a society. This is this is the ideology of wokeness, and more and more are our students being exposed to it. There's actually data now that shows that the majority of K-12 students are hearing this in the classroom. So I agree with you. The parents need to step up and say, no, you can't be teaching our students, our young people, our, our children, this stuff without exposing them to the other side of the coin,
1: and when uh, that happens, you know,
3: uh, other attitudes.
1: And when that happens, the uh, the school boards try and get the uh, parents declared domestic
3: terrorists. Right, right. The parents are backwards; they're dupes of some kind of conspiracy theory. Right? They. I mean, every every accusation you can think of is being leveled at these parents. When really, all they want is balanced education that gets at the truth, I will tell you one thing you are not allowed to do in school, from kindergarten on up through the university, and that is praise Western civilization with all of its outsized, soaring achievements, accomplishments, contributions, uh, which just are overwhelming, right, outsized, and frankly, greater than any other past society if you try and say that right that's that's a, an aggression not just a microaggression that's a macro aggression and right? yet that it's is, true that is verboten you, you can't utter these truths you if, can't we're company, if we're such a crappy company
0: for such a crappy country why have five million people just over the past two years tried to get into this country doing everything they possibly can to be living in the crappiest country in the world, from 140 other countries in the world.
3: Well, that is a paradox, isn't it? And, you know, that is sort of a glaring inconsistency. But once again, not allowed to discuss these glaring inconsistencies and get to the bottom of them. And secondly, who gives a damn about inconsistency? (laughs) Inconsistency means that, you know, we adhere to the precepts of logic. That's, you know, a white male conspiracy. Get rid of it. Oh, we have to we have to get rid of whiteness, yeah. all of the intellectual standards that represent whiteness. That's our project. So wow. you know they've got you coming and going on oh this God. one.
1: Hey, how is wokeness in America uh, higher education different than Europe or on other continents?
3: Well, I'm not an expert on this. I have read a few things about it. Um, you know, wokeness is sort of creeping into the interstices all across. The Western world, the Anglosphere has it the worst. England's uh, right. got you know very woke at this point, and and the various English-speaking countries. Uh, France is an interesting example because they have really tried to resist wokeness. Uh, a lot of their intellectual class just hates it, and said you know we we really want to keep wokeness out because it's a threat to our French culture of which we are so very proud, uh, which, you know, we have spent centuries cultivating, um, and we see it as as contrary to what we value. So uh, some of that is going on. So I think America has it worst. The Anglosphere is, seems to be a hotbed of wokeness. Uh, it's the, very difficult to fight it in these arenas because it's taken over every opinion-shaping institution. It's everywhere.
0: Professor Wax, I know your time is, uh, we're, we're kind of squeezing up on your deadline, and I appreciate you. you have an appointment that you have to get to. <clears throat> America fought for integration and equality for generations, but today on college campuses with black student unions, black graduations, a black national anthem, black dorms. I ask you, as a fellow member of the generation where we saw great success with integration, which was equated uh, with equality, could this be the generation that resegregates education as well as well, in it's life? It's already
3: happened. It, yeah. It's already happened. I mean, uh, you know, blacks uh, have rejected, in many cases, integration, not all of them, but there's certainly influential factions that uh, that reject it. In practice, as well as in theory, um, they stick together. They get special privileges from the administration and the, the brass in charge of these universities. So why wouldn't they want to take advantage of that stuff? Right? They get all sorts of the benefit of all sorts of double standards from affirmative action on through, uh, and that continues in the graduate schools, in law schools, and med schools and out in the real world and the professions and jobs in the corporate world, the double standards just never end. Uh, so why would they want to give that up? Right? Why would they want to, I mean, I, you know, it would be very, very tempting to take advantage of that because it gives them a million excuses, uh, for anything less than, uh, competitive performance. Uh, and frankly, As things stand now, given the skills gap and the test score gap and, you know, the level of achievement of blacks and it's blacks primarily that continues to be a problem, uh, they are going to have difficulty competing on a uniform standard. Uh, The meritocracy does pose a challenge. Now, I think that's a challenge that black people need to think about meeting and really focus on meeting. You know, they need to address their higher crime rates. They need to address the disintegration of their families and the way in which they've allowed a whole generation of men to go AWOL in cultivating young people and contributing uh, to their upbringing. And that certainly has happened. Uh, They need to address the skills gap and their low educational achievement instead of blaming white society. Because one of the, the essence of wokeness is blaming white society is the name of the game. Uh, there can be no self criticism. Ibrahim Kendi, who is the high guru of wokeness, has done us the favor of just coming out with it. At least he's got the virtue of candor. He says there is nothing wrong with black people or their behavior. Any suggestion otherwise is forbidden. any suggestion otherwise is racism. It defines racism. I don't think there's sort of a better and more succinct statement of this wokest ideology that has taken over, and you notice how that disallows any alternative hypothesis of what is going on. It imposes an orthodoxy by definition.
0: Professor Wax, I think you and I may have come from probably the same part of the world. Um, my family came here after being oppressed in uh, czarist uh, Ukraine, Russia at that time. Um, and um, many people like me um, fought to get to America because they sought the sort of life that America could bring uh, to them. I don't, I don't consider myself to be an oppressor. Um, in fact, I, I probably had been oppressed over the years and I was just sort of sucked it up and got to the business I needed to get to. Did you, I mean, y- 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 we're sort of in the same age, uh, uh, class. Um, it couldn't have been easy for a female, uh, working, uh, you know your way through the through the through academia, through you know uh, uh, appointments to different positions, and working in law firms and so on. I mean, we've all been oppressed in some fashion. We've all been sort of kicked around. Maybe that's a better word for it. Um, why is it that there are oppressors and, a, and oppressed, and and why is it that families that were never here during those during those years when there was oppression, really true oppression, why are we being blamed for the oppression? Uh, that is being characterized on different groups
3: well we are being blamed because it's so much easier to blame someone else than to look inward at you know your own self-sabotage your own behavior and your own deficiencies and when the society enables it then that is the path of least resistance that is what is happening and You know, white people are imbued with this racial guilt, which is a color I do not see myself. Uh, I don't feel guilty for what people in the past have done or even what other white people might be doing today, although I think uh, they are doing very little to black people. I think the extent to which there is discrimination and racism is just wildly and vastly exaggerated in the present, although I readily concede that It existed in the past Um, there's oppression and and,
0: and violence against blacks by blacks in this country um, of course
3: is a huge problem but you're not allowed to discuss that either you know it's interesting because I being Jewish I wrote an article a few years back in which I talked about the different the differences in the way that Jews look at their own past persecution or maybe some present obstacles they might face versus the way that blacks look at them and, you know, this, I drew on my upbringing because I grew up in a fairly devout family, and my parents never denied that Jews had been persecuted in the past. We'd really just experienced the Holocaust and the pogroms and all of that, uh, same century. I was born in 1953. Uh, but what's interesting is that even though we never forgot the truth about that, we never used it as any kind of excuse or explanation for our own failings. That was out of the question. I mean, this was just an abstract recognition, but if someone had tried to, you know, say, well, the reason I flunked that math test is because anti-Semitism. Uh, the reason that I, you know, committed this crime is, oh, because Jews are persecuted. People would have laughed at them. Like, get a life. That That's... You know, you should, you their their be mothers that. would have hit them. Their mothers would have slapped them across the face. That's exactly right. Yeah. So that hey, was that was not ever heard yeah. uh, in any home that I ever lived in or visited. I could tell you that.
1: Yeah. Hey, um, Doctor Wax, we've got to get running. Thanks yes. for joining us on Inside Track and Insiders. If you want to see Amy Wax in person at Hacienda del Sol on March second, go online to the Cultured Mind follow the prompts to order your Zoom ticket or in-person ticket. Hey, best of luck to you, Amy. Listeners, stay Thank tuned. You. We're going to take our bottom of the hour break. Late You're break. listening to Inside Track. We'll be right back after these messages.
0: Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. What are the kind of customers do you
4: have? So our Tucson? biggest customers are actually like ranchers and yeah. people from outside of the Tucson area. They're buying a lot of square tubing. They're buying a lot of stuff for their ranch to close off fences.
2: We'll sell anything
0: from 10 feet to 10,000 feet to somebody that comes in because we have new steel and surplus steel from steel mills. The reason we're able to get such good pricing on some of this stuff is, A, we sell scrap to the mill. So Uh, We have a relationship there, and then we can buy material, what they're making, bringing it back. And so we save on freight, and we have relationships for years with them. So I think that's really our niche market. We'll sell whatever you need. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard, 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. Essential Pest
3: Control leaves bugs belly up with science.
4: You mean you don't use a shoe?
3: No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets.
4: Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com.
1: This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management reminding you that every good and excellent thing stands moment by moment on the razor's edge of danger and must be fought for, including getting out of debt, building your wealth, and protecting your God given right. We manage money for gun owners. Let us help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me at 777 1911
0: or Wilkinson Wealth MGMT. Com. welcome back to inside track really going a slightly different direction for the rest of our time together today we're switching topics from academic freedom and wokeness to and def- that was great yes Amy wax is amazing you need to go see her uh, the tickets I think are flying out the door. Uh, we need to go to the defense of the U.S. Constitution and specifically the rights under the Second Amendment. We usually don't talk about ourselves because we're more focused on our guests, but today, Eb and I are going to talk about the Second Amendment and ongoing NRA National Board Election. If you are an NRA qualified voter, I urge you to vote for our friend, Eb Wilkinson. He is on the ballot to become a member of the nra national board if you have a question or comment relevant to ebb and the nra today please call into the live line at 520-790-2040 uh i'm turning the focus to you uh in your election big fella tell the insiders what you've been doing for defense of the second amendment from rights and policies to safety over the years because you've done it all
1: yeah so first of all I guess I've been working with the NRA for over 20 years now, and it started uh, volunteering for the Friends of the NRA. And that is... You've raised
0: hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars.
1: Yes. And (laughs) so that's the local events. That's the foundation side of the NRA. Um, uh, Groups of people get together. Tickets are relatively inexpensive. They've got lots of silent auction, live auction, uh, bucket raffle, things like that. And it's a way to, number one, raise money for the foundation, which puts on all the good works like Refuse to be a Victim and Eddie the Eagle and the the training that the NRA does and uh, all the education the NRA does, the competitive shooting, all that is part of that. And the NRA couldn't exist without those donors. But the other thing it does, Bruce... Is it brings these donors together to know that they're not alone. They're not the only ones out there. Um, they get together and find out. Hey, I didn't know you're an NRA member. Or I didn't know you're a gun guy. It's amazing the people that you find out believe in freedom, right. believe in the right. Second Amendment. So I went from there. <laughs> excuse me um, to uh, teaching concealed carry. Uh, which I do a lot of hours and hours and hours and and hours. Yes. I I don't, I I do charge for it. I charge right now. I'm charging a hundred dollars a person, but I don't make any money because they don't make the check to me. They make the check to the NRA. Or if I'm doing this for an organization a fundraising organization like a church or whatever they make the check to the church i don't make any money on it. you know I, I lose money on each transaction and <laughs> try and make it up in volume you make
0: but, but your but your reward is what is what you're able to transfer in in knowledge and safety to those that you're working with correct and look at it this way in the past couple of years the largest two groups
1: of first-time gun owners are number one women and number two registered democrats yeah and that's telling you you know the nra is not a political organism i mean it's political now but it's not a it's not a red it's not a red or a blue organization no it's a right or wrong it's it's not a left or right and and that's the thing and we we can't be but Back in 1994, it started turning that way, and that's when uh, Bill Clinton ran for his second term. You had Newt Gingrich coming out with the Contract for America, and uh, Bill Clinton states in his book that the NRA beat the pants off of them and took over the Congress and sent, You know, the House and the Senate in '94 because of the NRA. And they've been trying to destroy it ever since. And they've been try- well, they've been trying to destroy it for decades and that's the whole thing is that you know they want to take away our God-given right to defend ourselves and they want us because we are basically the only country left aside from like uh, Switzerland where you can walk around with a firearm you know in Switzerland every male has to go into the military and they walk home with their rifle and you know once a year they're required to go out and practice with it and you know but here in the united states this is our god-given right we've recognized that and declared that in the constitution of the united states and so that's why these things
0: are so important because you've got so many people trying to take that away your name is in place of nomination by the NRA nominating committee. Quite an honor. Uh, that shows something about your bona fides and your past work and respect that they have for you, don't you think? Y- absolutely. Um You've you know, earned I mean you've earned that. The things that you just talked about oh, absolutely. were the things that you've that you've earned. You didn't ask anybody for permission. I some, just
1: did well you, you just did it. Okay, for instance, I started the Tucson NRA I L A dinner fifteen years ago. Uh, it took me a year of prep before we started it. Uh, it's where we raise money for the ILA, the Institute of Legislative Action. That's the group that uh, does all the legislative work, all the lobbying work. Um, NRA didn't say do this. In fact, I didn't even ask NRA to do this. I put this together, invited fifty people, and then I told the president of the
0: NRA, "If you want money, come and speak." <laughs> we have a we have a caller on the line, Len. Do you have a question or a comment for Eb Wilkinson running for NRA national
2: board? Uh, Yes, I do. Thank you. Um, Eb, if you are successful in becoming a member of the board, what are you going to be bringing to that board to help promote and stabilize the second amendment?
1: Great question, Len. Thanks. Great question. First of all, uh, Basically, the things that I've been doing, uh, NRA has been under attack. And because we've been under attack, it's cost us millions and millions and millions of dollars, especially from the New York Attorney General, Letitia James. And one thing I'm good at is raising money. Um, I've proven that the last 15 years with our Tucson NRA ILA dinner. I want to take this national. You know, I've, I've basically developed and built this pilot project and proven it over the past yeah, 15 there's a years. Great,
0: there's a great formula that you've that you put together.
1: And it's simple, and it's easy to duplicate. And so I want to get that out throughout the entire country. Um, second thing, you know, I'm active. I get around. I'm very easy to get a hold of. It's not like I'm hard to find. Uh, I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what your concerns are so I can bring them to the board And say here's what's going on constituent services if you will absolutely and the other thing is just because I'm from Arizona doesn't mean I represent Arizona you know if I'm elected you know I represent all NRA members of which there's about four
0: and a half million of right now does that answer your question Len
2: it it does but I I have a follow-up if I can please um I I appreciate all the, uh, the work you've done in the past in terms of uh, helping the uh, organization remain viable and, and strong, but I'd like to ask you this question, you know, from the perspective of uh, a person, you know, like myself, Joe sits back on the street. Um, what do you feel uh, that you might be able to uh, accomplish on our behalf, should you be elected?
0: Well, just that. so I'm, the constituent services sort of stuff. Absolutely.
1: Look, Joe Sixpack on the street, those are the people who allow the NRA to exist. And what I bring to the table is talking with Joe Sixpack on the street, not just here in Tucson, but in Texas, in California, in Oregon, in Idaho, in Florida, uh, in New York of all places, in Illinois, um, and talk to the common man with them and say, what is it that concerns you? Or what do you want to see the NRA do more of? Or what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? You know, that's my job. I'm your interface to the NRA. You know, there's 76 board members. Some people say that's too many. I got to tell you, with a number of programs going on, it's, no, it's not. But my ability is to talk to everybody else out there, you, the Joe Six-Packs, as, as you describe yourself, and say, here we are,
0: use us. Thanks, Len. Great, great questions. So, Eb, how does one run for an NRA National Board, and who's, who's eligible to vote?
1: So, to run for the board, you've got two ways to run. Number one is what's called by petition. And I wish I could give you the formula for that. I have no clue how that works as far as how many signatures you have to get from NRA members, uh, number two, and, and those members have to be uh, either life members or members that have uh, five years consecutive membership in the NRA. Number two, the other way is by nomination. And uh, a nominating is put to, a nominating committee is put together by the NRA and it's made up of a broad range of people, both NRA members that are on the board, and members that are not on the board and so they take people not on the board bring them in and you know serve as I guess you call it outside uh, influence on making sure that the best people get on and names are put forward to the nominating committee Um, if you're an NRA member you can write in to the nominating committee I say I want to nominate so-and-so the nominating committee sifts through all these They pick out the people that they think uh, are, number one, qualified, and number two, best representative of uh, the NRA members and
0: be willing to do work for the NRA. So for those of you who get the American Rifleman... Um, which I do and read usually from cover to cover every month when it comes in and in America's freedom uh, last month uh, when the American rifleman came to your uh, post box uh, you got the ballot and if you have not voted for it now is the time to do it I think voting runs out at the end of March the like end the, of March uh, like the 27th or so, somewhere well, right in that it, area.
1: you either if you haven't mailed it in Get on a plane, go to Indianapolis, and
0: cast your vote at the annual <laughs> meeting. Yeah, you can vote meeting. there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, uh, you know there there are there are several other Arizonans who serve uh, at the NRA. Um, I voted my ballot uh, very quickly, and um, I, I I don't. Say that everybody should do it this way. The only vote I cast was for Ebb Wilkinson. Not that I didn't think that the other people were qualified, but they're going to get elected anyway. This is Ebb's first time, and I want to make sure that he gets elected. And that's what I—that's um, what I did. You—you uh, you do as you see fit. Uh, that's the beauty of being an American. You have that opportunity to express your free will. Vote early. Vote often. <laughs> and,
1: right. and Bruce, I do want to invite everybody to the NRA annual meeting. It's in Indianapolis, April 12, uh, 13th, 14th, 15th. If you've never been to an annual meeting, your whole world is going to be turned upside down. It's acres and acres of guns and products and magazines and accessories. And, of course, you get to see fellow gun owners
0: and also attend the meeting and express, uh, express your vote. That's going to do it for us today. Best of luck to you, my friend. Uh, Many thanks to Dr. Amy Glass for joining us on the way to a wedding and squeezing some time in before she comes to Tucson this week to talk with us. If you're interested um, to uh, see her sign up. Uh, I've left that on my Facebook uh, page. Uh, we're at the end of our time today. Insiders, check out my Facebook and Twitter accounts for the latest news and my views on the news. All of our Inside Track episodes are available at Apple Podcasts and on the KVY website. Until next week when we have another great. It's going to be a fabulous show planned for you. For Inside Track, this is Bruce Ash and Ed Wilkinson. Wishing you all a very pleasant good afternoon and see you in 167 hours. Jamie Kipper and her father, Gary Kipper, from Tucson Iron and Metal. What are they going to see when they come through the gates?
4: So when they come on in, they'll see our building up front. People have free reign to then go out and look in the yard. So it's not a typical scrapyard with a ton of big machinery. We have a couple of forklifts around, but that's about it just to help move material. So when you come in, it's all organized by material, whether it's square tubing, angle iron, roofing, and then there is a pile in the back, which is still organized and easy to get through, but that's stuff that comes over from the scrap. So we're unique in that we get stuff in from the scrap, which a lot of artists and people will like or reuse, whether it's a sink that someone needs for their house, We sell literally anything made of metal.
0: Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard, 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday.
1: This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. Are you letting rising inflation interfere with your ammo budget? Don't do that. Let us show you how to buy the same goods and services 20 years from now as you can today. We manage money for gun owners and we can guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911
0: or wilkinsonwealthmgmt.com.